0: Hello all, and welcome to Sedendai Party. I hope that you guys have been doing well. I have been doing pretty well myself. Today as I record, it is Sunday, March 14th. So there's a new moon in Pisces, at least in tropical astrology. So that I would assume in Vedic astrology, there's actually a new moon in Aquarius. What does this mean? Well, I'm not going to get into that there are so many other podcasts out there that talk about beautiful astrological segments or topics yeah so today's episode is called sobriety is trippy why is this episode called that well let's get into that straight away because as a person who vowed who has vowed to only partake in psychedelics through sacred ritual through sacred intention, it has come into viewing or come into perspective, which literally is like the same thing, viewing perspective, that a lot of the people that I know, and even people that I don't even talk to right now, so maybe even those that I went to high school with, there has been this influx of psychedelic usage in, I would say, Generation Z. And Generation Z, I believe, are people who are born between the years of 1995 or 6 to 2004 or 5. I'm not exactly sure the correct um, dates, the correct years. And I actually think Generation Z might even go to 2012, to be honest. But I think each generation is like 25 years or 20 years. So, I'm not exactly too sure, but regardless of those exact numbers, I still have noticed that Generation Z and psychedelics have been very popular. Uh, I go on YouTube and I see people talking about their trips, vlogging their trips, and then I also notice my friends who tell me about their trips and whatnot. And I just want to tell everybody first and foremost, like, stay safe. You know, everybody is their own person. Everybody has their own experience and everybody has their specific personal effects that happen when they are on psychedelics. So if it doesn't apply, let it fly, like they say. But this episode isn't to scrutinize those that partake in psychedelics. If anything, it is to stand in solidarity with those who partake in psychedelics and just give a little background on my own experience with it and what I've noticed after being as sober as I can be from psychedelics specifically. And of course, marijuana is or um, cannabis is a psychedelic. It's a mild psychedelic, but nonetheless, it is a psychedelic. And I have vowed to take a much needed break, or I don't, I don't even want to say break, um, but I also don't want to say quit. <laughs> I have distanced my, myself from cannabis. It's been a week, exactly. And I've done this before. The longest I've gone without smoking or partaking in cannabis because I don't only just smoke weed. There's also edibles and tinctures and you know um but this has been pretty difficult but the last time it wasn't difficult at all I literally just but it was because I didn't really have a plan before I was just like oh I don't really want to smoke anymore so I'm not and then I didn't for a couple of months actually and it was a really interesting couple of months but I did do psychedelics during that time so Let's just start with a little bit of my background with psychedelics. So the first time that I ever dropped acid. So acid or LSD is the first psychedelic that I ever partook in. That I ever experienced. And that was in 2018, I believe. Yes, I think. I'm pretty sure. And the first time that I tripped... I tripped with my best friend, my soul sister. Her name is Slime. And if you ever listen to Moonergy Space, that is the person who I tripped with. And the experience was profound. I felt a connection to the earth that I had never felt before. And I didn't really have any expectations going into the trip, any conscious expectations. I'd heard about acid before very just very here and there I had friends who had done acid but it was nothing to the point where I even like knew what I was about to experience or that I had again some type of expectation but I can tell you that it it really changed a lot of what I thought about the world a lot of what I thought about myself and it really just exposed the connectivity of it all truly After that, I had dropped acid a couple times more that rest of the year. I don't know how many times. It wasn't like a lot, but regardless, again, I had done it a couple other times. And each experience was similar. Every experience was different, but it was similar in terms of you know, just feeling the connectivity and everything vibrating, everything looking very, like, trippy, like, it is, it is truly, at least from my experience, how they show it on the TV shows, not, at least not when everything be turning into shit, like, the tree is not going to turn into a fucking unicorn, like, that is not the experience that I have ever experienced with the psychedelic, and like I said before, everybody's experience is different, what i noticed is that everything was just vibrating like it's like you could really see the frequency it's like it's one thing to feel it you know everybody calls themselves an empath everybody's an empath at least to me it's one thing to feel it but it's another thing to see it you know like really see it and that's what i experienced so the trees the grass the air everybody that you would come into contact with like it was just and i noticed <laughs> that anytime If you heard that, by the way, that was my stomach. I need to eat some breakfast. I noticed that any time that I would trip, it was just this magnet that I would have to people that I normally wouldn't have. And when I'm sober, I mean, I do kind of, I do feel like I naturally do have a magnet, but that's when I do it on purpose. Like that's with the intention to actually, you know, be a magnet, if that makes sense. But when I was tripping, it was just like this just people would just talk to me, random people. I would go out and stuff. And I would try not to go out too much when I was tripping. But I love being out when I'm tripping. I mean, I like a, a little bit of both. I like being outside and I like being inside. And man, when I was outside, oh my gosh. I'm like, do these people know I'm tripping? I'm like, they have to know I'm tripping. And they really just fucking with me. Because I remember, <laughs> I remember one time. Um, I went to the gas station with my friend and she wanted me to get her some Skittles and she didn't want to go inside because she was tripping balls too. And she was like, oh, can you get me some Skittles? I'm like, yeah. So I go in the gas station, keep in mind, I don't know what day it was, but there was a lot of people inside the gas station. So I'm over here in line. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, can this go by any slower? I get to the front to pay for the Skittles and the guy's like, I forgot what he said. He was like, "Oh, it's gonna be like twenty dollars or something," and I'm like, "For a bag of Skittles?" And he was like, "I'm kidding," and I was like, "I hope so." And but we're just like playing around and messing and stuff. And I'm like, I leave the I leave the store and I go to the car and I'm like, this man has no clue that I'm tripping balls and he over here messing with me. It was hilarious, honestly. That was, I think, actually the first time that I tripped. To be honest, most of the times, like I said, after that were very similar. Yes, I've had bad trips. So if you've never um, taken psychedelics before, there's kind of this spectrum. So there is a spectrum, but um, on the very far and the very left, it's did you have a good trip or did you have a bad trip? Or it could even just be a small bad moment or whatever the case may be. And so how to refrain from this? People usually say, like, make sure you're not thinking any, any negative thoughts Make sure the people around you, blah, blah, blah. Make sure the setting is straight. And so I've had my fair share of bad trips. I think I've only had one really bad trip. There was one time that my friend and I did acid and it did nothing. Like our stomachs were so, so fucked up. And if you are, if you do partake in psychedelics, I recommend ginger. So ginger rare, ginger ale, ginger tea, any ginger candy, like just have some ginger that'll really help your stomach. And um let me think. So yeah, we didn't even like really trip off that. We were just like so focused on our stomachs. But as far as my bad trips go, it was just this feeling of like being trapped. And I noticed that a lot of people say this sim- like say similar things. It's just that feeling of being trapped. And kind of like this is the end, you know? Like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is the end. <laughs> Even though you know it's not the end because you're tripping. Um and that made me realize so the last time I did acid was my uh was my bad trip. And then I've only done shrooms once and it was so much milder than acid. Oh my gosh. I was like what? And I used to have um a manager <laughs> Who she she was telling me how she didn't like LSD. She liked acid a lot. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) She liked shrooms a lot more because of the trip. It's more graceful, if you want to say. She didn't say graceful, but that's just my experience. Like mushrooms are just a lot more graceful than acid. And acid is made in a lab. Like that is not. It is trying to take what is natural, and it is very unnatural if you, if you really want to put it out there, it's like, I'm trying to think, uh, oh, I met this woman yesterday, oh my gosh, she was amazing, and she talks about how she uses organic colors to paint, she uses colors, you know, from, from plants, and, um, how it's very natural and then you have these fake colors you know that they that they make that's that's exactly what it is the difference between LSD and mushrooms and like ayahuasca and DMT even and i mean we naturally produce DMT so we naturally produce it when we um give i don't know if it's when women give birth or just when the baby is born i know it's when the baby is born but i'm like do women give off DMT when they give birth as well? I, I think so. And also when we die. And also when we sleep, which a lot of people don't really say either. But when we sleep, we do produce DMT as well. And that is also of a, um, a psychedelic that comes from a plant. And that is, um, there's some DMT in ayahuasca. And I think there's some in mushrooms, which is what causes, it's that whole psychedelic experience. That is, what, that is the DMT. And... Uh... Sorry, I'm trying to... <laughs> I don't have any notes on this. All I have is sobriety is trippy. Talk about that. So what I've noticed, um, again, with Generation Z and our spiritual practices and trying to get in tune with ourselves is through psychedelics. And I honestly feel like it is kind of an immature way to get to know oneself. I think that it can open you know it can it can be an opening a lot of things can be openings uh but i do feel like psychedelics can be an opening to the spiritual self however used as just used as recreation you will receive the backlash one way or another and it's not to scare anybody off from partaking in psychedelics. It's just, I'm just sharing my personal experience and I'm sharing um, what I've noticed with the people that I know and how it makes me feel when I hear about their stories and just what I've noticed, the parallels between my stories on psychedelics and theirs and what happens after, right? Because there's always an after to psychedelics. And it's like, well, what am, what are we going to do with this upload that we just received and not everybody's experience is the same like I like I say and I just want to keep reiterating that because I remember someone that I met who had uh, partook in shrooms I believe he did and he told me he didn't feel this profound like spiritual awakening when he had done it he didn't feel like you know how everybody's always like, "Oh, you know i it's like I feel more like myself or I, like my higher self is uh taking the wheels and things of that nature. He was like, "No, I've never felt like that when i did when I have partook in shrooms. so like I said, you can't take one experience and take it as your own. you can only experience it, but what I mean by sobriety is trippy is that once I actually like sat in sobriety and was like okay I'm going to be sober like I'm not going to do any drugs whatever the case may be I really noticed that there was a difference in the way that I perceived the world because once you do once you do psychedelics uh there is this awakening of some sort this kind of aha moment of this broken down of barriers if you want to say that these titles these concepts in the very square form masculine form don't really exist in the grand scheme of it all time dissolves and everything simply is at least that's how it was for me and I do have some notes that I Took on psychedelics that I do want to share with you guys. So I have this journal. It's down here. So I have this journal that I specifically have for psychedelics or for like hard drugs. And I don't think psychedelics are hard drugs. They're very well, LSD might be a hard drug. Um, but magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, DMT, those are sacred plants and they are used for specific purposes. They are used for healing and they are used for insight. And the shamans of the Amazon and the shamans of South America, Central America and around the world. Okay. Shamans around the world use sacred plants to enter a world so that they can bring back information. And they assist people, which is why you're, when you take psychedelics, you are supposed to be assisted by a shaman. That is the cultural, that is the the sacred form of doing that. And you are supposed, or we are supposed to be... Um, guided through the experience from an elder okay so I just want to share what I wrote in my psychedelic journal okay so I don't I didn't write the date for this I think I was on acid for this yes okay I am dead or so I believe I am what happened the questions ring in my ear Oh, no, this was actually the day after. Had an acid trip that turned my viewpoint upside down. I felt like I was being trapped in this realm while the real things were being played out in other realities. My mind flew out the window. Creation, death, transformation, history rang in my ear. Everything made sense and yet nothing did. I couldn't take it. Why me? Why not me? I love you. Keep going. And then this was on my shroom trip. Totally having deja vu with this entire first stream experience. I feel like it is telling me that I am on the right track. And even my wildest dreams will be manifested for my enjoyment as well as others because it already is. Who began the rumor that Red Red Wine was by Bob Marley and who ran with it? Who said, yeah, that sounds like Bob Marley would pen that? Well, whoever did is terrible but hilarious because it went on for a very long time. So those are the only two entries that I have. And it makes me that last entry makes me laugh because I was listening to Red Red the Red Red Wine by I think it's Ubi U UB40. I honestly I'm not even sure. But it's not by Bob Marley. And I was listening to I repeat and just laughing because I was like, who said that this was by Bob Marley? Like I don't know. I really don't. But um that was a that was an amazing experience. And like I said, I have that journal to document those types of experiences specifically, but now since I am on the sober trip, <laughs> I will probably just uh use it as a regular journal. And what I noticed again from being sober is that Sobriety is trippy because you have, to be, you have to be intentional about what you're doing. You can't just be doing shit. We don't only, our experiences and our choices don't just affect us. They affect everybody else. And I think that's the trippiest thing, right? Connectivity. Because when we're on psychedelics, everything gets torn down. The titles, like I said, everything gets torn down. It is me and you, it's not just me and you, it is us, it is earth, it is, it is God, you know? All is God when you're on psychedelics. And yeah, we may get like, you know, specific messages about ourselves and, and, and what we're doing in life and, and whatnot. Um, But overall, it is a very profound experience that needs to be taken with love in the end taken with love and by love i want to extend gratitude for everybody that i've ever met (laughs) especially those that i've shared my psychedelic experience with and for those who have shared their psychedelic experience with me there comes a point after so many times why are we continuing to do this Why are you taking psychedelic after psychedelic if you're not doing research on it? Who's that guy? Terrence McKenna. He was doing psychedelics off the ass and writing books about it and doing research. Why are you doing psychedelics? Why do you want to do psychedelics? Everything that we have, we have within. DMT literally resides within us. <laughs> and there can be so much research out there about how it is only, um, what do they say? Not extracted. <laughs> it is only produced during birth and death and in the dream realm. Why don't we do our own experience to find out when else it is actually expressed? Because I kind of have a theory that that's not the only times that it is expressed. But I have to do my own research. I have to go out into the field of my life and actually do the work. What work are you doing after your trip? Or is it simply for shits and giggles? Again, just like my friend... Who said that my trips aren't like that at all, <laughs> you know my trips are pretty normal I mean yeah i get the I get the visuals and and all that stuff, but I don't feel anything profound, but what about people like that D- it does it make it any different? I would say no, I don't really think that it makes it much of a difference. I still think those questions still ring true for even those who don't experience some type of Spiritual awakening. Well why are you doing psychedelics then? And as we come into a time of. More and more. Spiritual. Intention. Intention to self and soul. You know soul tribe. And just connection in general. Connection to earth. And. And really looking at ourselves and our history, I do think that psychedelics, just like in the, what was it, the 60s, are going to make a huge comeback. And we still, we even have states right now who are decriminalizing psychedelics. I think Oregon is actually the first state to, no, they just decriminalized um, heroin and meth, I believe. And they are in the process or already, you know, having psychedelic usage in therapy. So who is a therapist to facilitate such a trip? Is a therapist and a shaman the same? What happens to the shamans of the world when psychedelics are being prescribed You have depression, okay, you can take some shrooms. What does that mean? And what is the true meaning of psychedelics? Well, I don't really know. But I will say that I do think that it's very interesting how some people might opt for psychedelics versus, I don't know, pills. What does that mean? There is an entry point with psychedelics to another realm. And as is any drug. Anything that alters your state of mind is an entry point. Because we astral project through the mind. Consciousness, very interesting. Um, me and my friends, we were talking about God And we were talking about that separation between, that illusion, because it is an illusion, okay, because God is with us. God is within us. I went to a funeral. This was my first funeral on Friday, this past Friday, and... I again I I had never experienced a funeral, so I was like, I was really excited because I was like, oh my gosh, like I finally got to go to a funeral. My mom never allowed me to go to a funeral before because honestly, I'm not sure. I think she said I wasn't ready. I think that's what she said. Which I don't believe is true. I think that people need to experience funerals because it is a natural part of life, you know? And I think that we need to talk about death with children very much often. Speaking of, little story time. (laughs) I remember, like I said, um, I used to work with children. I still work with children. Look, working with children is a lifelong devotion. It's not just something just because you work at a school or whatever. But anyway, I was working at summer camp. And I don't know how death came into the equation at all I really don't know but one of the kids asked me what happens when we die I think she asked me that she asked me a question about death and so I told her what I thought I told her well this is what I think what do you think I love asking children what they think can we ask children more about what they think because it is amazing so I was asking I asked her what she thought and then all of the other it was literally it was probably only two kids There were two kids probably next to me or about three when she had asked me that question. Once we started getting into the conversation about death, I kid you not, it was six, eight, 10 kids around, all of them asking questions, talking to each other. I was like, oh my gosh, there was this one girl, she was like, I'm scared of death, all this stuff. I'm like, why are you scared of death? You're not even going to be, you're not going to be in your body. You're not going to care. You're going to be somewhere else, you know? And I was, and it was just such a beautiful conversation, like, about death. And I realized that when I was a child their age, I don't think I'd ever had a conversation with death about somebody who was older than um, with someone who was older than me, because it was just it's very taboo for some reason. And I'm not going to lie. I felt a little bit guilty after that conversation because I was like, should I have been? It, it was this kind of like, should I have been talk? Is that how should I happen? Should I have, been? Should I have been? <laughs> Oh my gosh, wordplay. I just felt guilty because I didn't know if that was appropriate. But after a while, I was like, why would that not have been appropriate? Especially, we all have to, of course, be aware of the way we talk to children. It's not so much what we talk about. Like really, I think it's not so much what we talk about. It's how we're talking about it. Are you using vulgar language? Are you using impossible language for them to get? And if you are using impossible language, are you explaining to them what this means, you know? Um, and so many different factors, you know, are you including them in the conversation as well? I'm sorry, I love including children in the conversation. I know they're like, you know, when elders talk, you listen. I'm not saying that I'm an elder. I mean, compared to them, technically, I am an elder, you, because know, they're younger than me. Uh, but I still, I just, I love having children participate in conversation, no matter what it's about. And I think that as adults, we need to be intentional. And I think that's a lot of the times why we may kind of steer off from talking to children about real life things is because we just simply don't know how to talk about it. But once you start, you'll know how. Look, I hadn't worked with children ever Before um, last year in... No, it wasn't last year. It was actually in... No, not December. It was probably October of 2019. Or December... No. Yeah, I think it was like October of 2019. Or maybe something like that. Before then, I had never actually like sat down working with children. And I learned so much about how to actually talk with them. How to actually have a conversation. You have to be intentional, you have to be patient, and you have to be willing to learn as well and willing to teach too. Because they're not going to get everything that you're saying, and you're not going to get everything that they're saying either. And it's just about that that love and that that seeing each other, you know? And that's what I just that's what I love about working with children, honestly. But anyway, I went to my first funeral. And I literally kept staring at the body. It was an open casket. And I just kept staring at the body because I thought that at any moment he was just going to rise up and just walk, you know, just say, hey, y'all, you know, like at any moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, like he is in it. He's truly in a different plane. Like, I mean, his energy is still alive, of course, but his soul is not in there anymore. It is not in the body. The spirit is no longer in the body. So what I mean to tie that into God is that psychedelics is, to me, another form of getting in tuned with God. And like I said, there's this illusion that we are separate from God. But when you die, or when we die, or when somebody dies, there is clearly no spirit in there. I was doing research on. I think it was Christian mythology. I'm not exactly too sure, but it was talking about the different ma- the different states of matters. I believe I have a note. I have notes on it somewhere, and um, the me- the mechanical body and uh, so many other things, and just how I would not be able to move my hand as I am doing right now if it wasn't for the spirit and the soul that lives within. When it is gone from the body, that is when the body does not, it can no longer do things like that. But that doesn't mean that the soul and the spirit no longer exist. We are everlasting, eternal beings, eternal souls, eternal spirit. The spirit is eternal. There is a spirit that lies within us all. And when we do psychedelics, it is getting in tune with that, you know, is, it is to kind of like, remember that it is, it is to be reminded of the, the sacredness that lives within us all. And when we abuse that just to have fun, or just because there's no other drug that gets me like this, we will feel those effects. We will experience those consequences, excuse me, those consequences, And I really think that it takes, it is up to us to develop a relationship with God, with spirit, with source, with soul, sober, before we ever feel like, well, let me go into psychedelics. Because again, God is everywhere. We don't have to do anything. There is no crystal, there is no drug. That compares to the Alpha and the Omega. And my experience with spirituality and religion and the other side, if you want to say, is my experience. I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself. And I hope that I am doing a good job speaking for myself. But also I want to make a parent... And I really want to stand behind as uh, what is it called um sustainable drug usage, or like I don't want to call it drugs I'm sorry I know I know I keep saying that, but I'm sorry <laughs> sustainable um medicinal usage, I guess there's definitely another way that I could say that <laughs> as we move towards a day and age where we are becoming more aware of our experience, our personhood in this reality. I, again, just want to extend my love and extend my, my wisdom about this. And that you don't need the mushroom. You don't need to do anything extra. Because God lives within us. And everybody's path is so different. You know, there are people's paths that I do feel like, and I know I've said this before, like, maybe that you might not actually need to do psychedelics, but that's a part of your path. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, oh, I need, you know, I needed to do this, you know, in order for me to get here. No regrets. No regrets. Right. (laughs) Um, we are the Millers. Oh my gosh. My instructor was literally talking about we are the Millers yesterday. And she was like, that's one of my favorite movies. And I was like, me too. Oh my gosh. One of the, one of the favorites. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I want to say. I want to extend, um, again, gratitude. And I also want to say that if you're on the path of sobriety to, Notice something trippy in, in society, oh, not society, sorry. Notice something trippy in your everyday life as you are sober. The whole thing becomes a trip, honestly. Like, I really woke up today on some shit. And then I'm going to go to sleep, have a dream, go somewhere else in that dream, and then wake up again. Shit, if that ain't trippy, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know? <sighs> ah. A lot of um, spiritual journeys do begin once, you know, you drop or you intake. Um, it, it happens like that. Hey, I'm not discounting the journey, okay? I'm not even discounting the, the sacredness of those plants. We have to be intentional. And we also have to respect, we have to respect nature, because that, all of that is coming from nature and we come from nature, right? Our bodies, we are children of the earth, right? So if our bodies are coming from earth and we have these plants that when we inject them, we are being brought into the realm of the plants, the realm of the animals, we must respect earth, and I also think that this, this unintentional usage, of course, is because of capitalism and consumerism. We, we have to treat Earth better. Sustainability. We have to do better. Earth is a, di- is a direct reflection of us. This is why astrology is so huge now. This is why everyone... Or not everyone, but this is why a lot of people are paying a lot more attention to the elements now. What is your dominant element? And how are you going to respect it and then work with the others? Because we're all the avatars. We're all Luke Skywalker. And we could go on and on and on and on about all these superheroes on TVs and movies that are just um, a rendition of who who we already are you know? So I just want to put that out there. I love you all. I hope you have a beautiful Pisces new moon as we come into Aries season, which is springtime. I am so excited. I've just been feeling like, honestly, oh, I love Pisces season. I love Aries season because that's when I really feel myself. And I know that a lot of people can say the same because we're humans, you know, like, you know. um, Aquarius season man that was something <laughs> that was really something um but I am so grateful to be here words to the hood healer I don't know what day it is even though I literally told you guys what day it was but I'm here have a blessed beautiful gracious majestic like I said rest of your Pisces uh Aries season or whatever you're listening to this bye <music>